The show starts in one minute. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Longbox Crusade. This week, we have something special for you. It's our 70th episode. Since this is the 70th episode of Saturday Matinee Theater, as we usually do at every 10th episode, we decided to take a quick break from our regular programming. Don't fret. Robin Hood or Batman and Robin will return back on track on our next episode. But for this episode, we're going to travel back to 1968 to review Night of the Living Dead. And I'm your host for this episode, Jason Albrick, the Weasel Skull. And joining me, as always, is my brother from our Left for Dead group of survivors, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. How are we feeling today, Death Probe? <coughs> I'm good. <coughs> Don't worry about me. Somebody put a bullet in his brain and let's move on. Oh, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Also joining me is the Daryl to my Rick Grimes, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. And how are you today, Pat? You know, I'm doing all right. I went down into the basement to see what Clinton was up to. Mm-hmm. So he was laying there on just on the on this counter. I'm like, why are you laying yeah, there? Yeah, he didn't. I saw him earlier, too. He didn't look well. No, he didn't look well. Yeah, and he then, bit me. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> Things are starting to piece together here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with him, but man, if you got bit too, maybe we got to get somebody to take a look. I'll see if Laurel got all the HR stuff taken care of for, um, you know, the the medical stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know if Clinton if he signed that or not, but I'm pretty sure hopefully that's you did. Second biting offense too. I just <laughs> going on record here. Yeah, we may have to put him down. All right, so it sounds like we got two that are on the way out. (laughs) Thanks, Pat. And unfortunately, our good friend Delvin couldn't make it tonight. Uh, He left me a note here, and it says, uh, Nope, black folks never survive this zombie stuff. I'm out. Well, is he right? We'll find out tonight. (laughs) Sitting in for Delvin tonight, though, we do have a special guest. Is Crusaders Club member Steve Cronin. How are you feeling tonight, Steve? Hopefully you're uh, faring a little bit better than these other two gentlemen. Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling really great. I'm uh, I'm excited to be visiting the, the LBC headquarters here. I'm a little nervous, though, because, you know, Delvin's not here. And what Pat was saying is going on in the in the, in the basement. I, I, I think we really probably should go down to the basement for the rest of this. I don't, I don't think we should be staying on the main floor anymore. No, you idiot. The basement's a death trap. <laughs> no, no, no. There's nowhere to run. <laughs> but we we can hold them off. We can we can hold them off. Come on, guys. Let's go down to the basement. I believe in all, hang on. all of us. <laughs> oh, all right. Man. I need to check, though. Any bites or scratches or anything on you? All um, good? Pretty good. Pretty good so far. All right. So... We've got our questions here, and I'm going to start off with our guest and ask Steve, Steve, what is the first zombie movie that you remember seeing as a kid? 
Well, it's 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 this one. It's it's Night of the Living Dead. I saw this in the eighties on. I saw this on MTV on Halloween night, uh, sometime in the it was probably the early eighties, and uh, it just blew my mind. It was. I mean, I could not believe they were they were showing this movie on on TV, and it just really made an impression. But uh, yeah, this this is it. This is the first first time I ever saw any kind of zombie yeah. zombie movie zombie action. This is timely then. So my second question, and I'm going to pass it around the horn for this, and I'll start with you again, Steve, since you've seen this one already. Is this your favorite zombie movie, or if not, what is your favorite zombie movie? Your zombie theme movie might be a better. Well, this is, yeah, this is this is probably the this is probably the number one on my list. I think um, you know there's some other fun ones out there, and I and I like the Walking Dead TV show. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good zombie stuff out there, but yeah, to, to me this is this is this is probably number one. The OG, you're gonna OG. go with this one. All right, Jared, what about you? What's uh, what's your favorite zombie movie? Yeah, man, you think or I TV this show one. or comic? Oh well, you've given me some outs because I say you would think I would see this one coming since I had access <laughs> to the script. But you know, I all right for movie, I'll probably say maybe this one, maybe Return of the Living Dead. That one was a lot of fun. Probably Die of the Living Dead 1968 is probably my favorite one. Uh, TV show, yeah, I watched a lot of Walking Dead, I won't lie. And comic, I'm glad you asked, it's very timely because it is in the middle of its six-issue run right now. And I uh, issue two came out last week. And I have to recommend DC's Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. Oh, I saw the ad for that. Yes, <laughs> written by Bruce Campbell, Eduardo Risso on pencils. Nice. And covers, you get there's variant covers. I got the Gary Frank ones, and they're gorgeous. So, Sergeant Rock versus Army of the Dead is baller. This is going to be the best zombie related comic book right up until Shipwrecker comes out by me and Mark Hatton. Oh, that <laughs> was going to be my favorite that I was going to play. <laughs> I haven't read it yet, but I know it'll be my favorite. I, I have only read it because I wrote it, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I doubt we'll hit the sales numbers of Sergeant Roberts to see uh, Army of the Dead, but I'm glad you gave me a, an opportunity to plug that because, like I said, just read issue two, waiting on issue three. What a fantastic book. Nice. Well, if it's got your uh, mark of recommendation, then I'm going to have to look those up as well. All right, Pat, you've been waiting so patient. I know you like some zombie movies. What's the tops in your wheelhouse right now? The ones they show on the Hallmark Channel, Pat. Yes. Yeah. Right? You know, during Halloween, they show the, the zombie love. Zombie love. love yeah. <laughs> I like that. No, actually, the ones on the Disney Channel right now, I think they're on movie number three for uh, the zombies. But really, I want to say Shipwrecker because, you know, mm -hmm. just the name alone is really. The title does the title really. Is, it's catchy. It? It's yeah. very clever. Yeah. <laughs> No, honestly, um, you know, I've been trying to think of like if if I've seen Night of the Living Dead before, maybe bits and pieces of it here and there, um, or like there was a remake, wasn't there, of this? Or yeah, the movie of... was remade in the eighties. Okay, they, yeah, I think they sent they did one that was a colorized, yeah, colorized version. Of, okay, mm -hmm. but I still don't remember it all. So when I was watching it, I was trying to remember. You know, is this something I've seen or or what? What? I do remember if this one was a zombie, I'm trying to think, I may be wrong on it, but it would be Surf Nazis Must Die. I don't know if you ever heard of that one. Sounds good. All um, right. It's one of those, you know, B-movie movie things. And no. um, 
I remember me and some buddies, we was like, Hey, let's go to the video store. Let's watch this. <laughs> you know, you pick all those movies, you know, back, back at the blockbuster or your mom and pop VHS store at the time. And just that look, one looks interesting. Let's put it in. The parents were gone. So it was just me and my buddies watching that one. Nice. Jason, I need an opportunity to backpedal here. Well, 1968 return of living or not living dead is an excellent film. How did I forget to mention Shaun of the dead? <laughs> That's got that's gonna be like yeah. that one, and also One of the Dead. If you've never seen that one, I haven't seen it. One of the Dead. I've heard of it, but Cuban never seen film. It. Both very entertaining because they have comedic value as well. How I didn't mention Shaun of the Dead, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a that's a good one. I think I've been giving this one some thought today, and there's a lot of good films. And of course, Walking Dead was man the TV show for a while. There, it was like must see TV, one of the most popular shows on the planet. But there's this little known kind of spinoff, maybe not spinoff. It's it was kind of like a B version of Walking Dead that was filmed here in Washington State, uh, and it was a TV series that you can see on Netflix called Zine Nation, and Zine Nation is. Kind of like Walking Dead, but a lot more fun humor. They've got some crazy stuff going on. There's like aliens mixed in with it. It's 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 nutso, but it's fun and it's local. I, I see some of the actors at the local conventions and stuff. So that one's probably nearest and dearest to my heart. Is it like the best zombie thing ever made? No, but it's it's up there amongst my favorites. So I'll plug that. And then on the comic book front. I was reading the DC versus zombies. I think it was a 12 issue series that came out mm-hmm. uh, or is DC versus the undead. I think is what it was called. That was really good as well. So if that Sergeant rock is anything like, like that DC versus the undead, uh, you're in for a rocking good time there. So well, you bring up another good one. I mean, is was blackest night. Cause that was, that's true. You know, a lot of the, some of the DC characters. That is true. I forgot about that, but yeah, blackest night was very much a zombie, uh, zombie flick. And that one came out like at the height of the walking dead craze. I'm sure that was no coincidence there, but really good tale. Did we do a crusadeness on that? Or a, we, I know we, we did, did a, a jail may on that or. Oh yeah. That's oh. what it was. Jail may. That's right. Good memory, Pat. Good memory. All right. Well, with that, I think we've got all that out of the way. Pat, why don't you tell them uh, what this show's all about? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes index show, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we'll be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movies, serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. This time around, we're going to look at 1968's The Night of the Living Dead. But don't forget to board up those windows. You got to board them up strong, too. You got to do it more than than that dude. And make sure your gas cap is (laughs) off before you try to fill up the truck. Safety first. (laughs) Safety first. Even in a zombie apocalypse, you've always got to think safety.
Well, folks, yeah, my pick just kind of happened to coincide with Halloween. And, you know, uh, even though it's going to be released a little bit later, but uh, it was Halloween time and I happened to stumble upon a documentary about the Night of the Living Dead. So it all kind of fell into place. So that's why I chose it. And I'm going to turn it over to Jared and let him give you some movie details. Filling in for Delvin. And since Jason watched a documentary, I'm betting the fun facts is just bursting with goodness. Oh, it. man, I had to I had to rein it in. And it's still pretty fat. I, I, I know. I I've, 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 might have seen that same documentary. I've seen a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. There's a lot of fascinating things about this movie. Uh, a little teaser for you, especially the copyright folks. But Jason, I'm quite certain is going to get to that. So here we go. Your movie for the 70th episode of Saturday Matinee Theater is The Night of the Living Dead. It was released on October 1st, 1968, directed by George Romero, written by George Romero and John Russo. It stars Dwayne Jones as Ben, Judith O'Day as Barbara, Carl Hardman as Harry Cooper, Marilyn Eastman as Helen Cooper, Keith Wayne as Tom, Judith Ridley as Judy, and Kyra Schoen as Karen Cooper. As of this recording... November of 2022, this film can be found for free on YouTube. And given that upcoming copyright information, Jay's going to give you, I think it will always be free uh, wherever you find it. We highly encourage you to watch this film before proceeding with this podcast because that was just a little more fun that way. But Jason's about to give a synopsis about the movie and then we're going to discuss it. So there are some spoilers heading your way. So again, if you haven't watched this film, we recommend you pause here, go check it out. Come back to join us for our discussion. The film runs at about 96 minutes. So if you don't have that kind of time, we understand. You'll just have to trust us from here on in. Would we lie to you? Yes, if there was comedic value in it. For those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment on the show using hashtag SMT movie. Jason, let me hear it. Hashtag SMT movie. Hashtag SMT movie. Steve. Hashtag SMT movie. All right. We're ready to roll. Let's turn it over to Jason for that summary. Welcome to a night of total terror. (laughs) Night of the living dead. The dead who live on living flesh. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. The living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. adventure in fear. An experience in shock, more shattering than your strangest nightmare. Night of the living dead. A night with the dead who cannot die. A night of total terror. Thank you. 
night. Of the living dead. Barbara and her brother John are visiting the grave of their deceased father when they are suddenly and viciously attacked by a plodding, vacant-eyed man. Barbara runs for her life and seeks shelter at a farmhouse where she encounters Ben, who has survived his own bizarre attack. As the two try to make sense of what's happening, the grotesque mob keeps growing and growing outside. Discovering that they are not alone in the house, Ben forms an uneasy alliance with young couple Tom and Judy and the bickering Coopers who have a daughter with a mysterious ailment in the basement. Tensions rise as the group tries to figure out what is going on and to survive the night. So, y'all know how this goes. We're going to pass it around for some highs and lows. And that all rhymed, like I meant it to. And we'll start with our guest, gentleman Steve Cronin. Got a high? Got a low? Got a what the? Yeah, I got to say, Ben is definitely a high in this movie. He is, uh, he's, he's an awesome hero. He's a, he's a man of action. He uses his mind to deal with the situation. He shows a lot of leadership. You know, he's he's dealing with Barbara, who's just, you know, had this traumatic experience. And he's, you know, he's he's, he's pretty patient, but he's also kind of getting her to snap out of it. And, uh, you know, he does a good job with her. There's one scene where, you know, it doesn't doesn't hold up very well anymore. He kind of slaps her. And that's, you know, that's a little bit tough to watch now. But, I, I you know, I think that was a thing you saw in older movies. I think, you you know, you, you'd see it's that kind of snap during out. any zombie apocalypse. It's It's allowed. you know i guess uh, you know tensions run high and think things you know things can happen but we'll excuse him that and uh you know i I liked how he handled mr cooper he was you know he kept his cool with him for as long as he could and then when he couldn't anymore he just you know he he did what he had to do but uh overall i think he you know I, i think he was a great a great hero for the movie and i think uh but dwayne jones the actor he does a great job as as ben you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, kick a mf off the, or <laughs> yeah. use a shotgun. Yeah. Or kick yeah. him off the shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come after my rifle, you best not miss. <laughs> no, uh, it's interesting, Steve, that you bring up the, the slap. And when I was reading through uh, the documentary pieces of it and the trivia, it said that uh, Dwayne Jones didn't want to do the slap. He felt strongly because racial tensions were so high at the time of the filming. He said, it's just not a good image. It's not a good look. I don't think we should do it. I don't think it's going to hold up well. And he was overruled by Romero, who said, no, no, we got to keep it in here because, you know, it shows the amount of strain and stress that they're under. And even though he didn't want to do it, he, you know, because the director said to, he, he did. And Romero stayed friends with him until... Dwayne Jones uh, eventually um, sadly passed away and, you know, Romero in the documentary said, I should have listened to him. He was right on that decision. It doesn't hold up well. Just thought I'd throw that in there, that little piece of nugget that I I found out along the way. So I'm curious, does he, uh, are are any of y'all familiar with anything else he's done? Because I think he's so great in this movie, but I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen him in any other role. Not really. I read somewhere that he was a lot more of a stage actor than a screen actor. Yeah, he he was a stage actor when he came aboard for this. To be honest, I didn't do a filmography on him. I should probably check that out. But I know that he died somewhat young, I think. 
Um, I don't know what of. Uh, so I'm not sure how much you know time he had to rack up a lot of film credits. Yeah, um, I have it right here at my fingertips, Jason. So he died at the age of 51 in 1988 yeah. of uh, basically a heart attack. Well, he left a great legacy with this movie. Yeah, no doubt. Pat, give me a higher, a lower, what the? I'll kind of continue on with, with Steve. He did talk about you know Ben's character. Watching this through, I really thought this is like a, a good character piece because you have different characters going on in the situations that they're in. You know, you got Barbara, who's just, she turns really freaky out that, you know, she, she's so distraught on what's going on. It's She's mentally not there anymore. And then you got Ben, the strong guy. Um, and then you got, you know, Cooper and his, his wife kind of, you know, they're scared what's going on. And what I like that they did through the movie is each kind of character or, you know, the couples got a chance to kind of tell their little background uh, on how they got to where they were. And it kind of gave you a little more feeling for each of them to like go, well, yeah, maybe which, which one would I be? We all want, we all want to say we'd be the hero, but would we, I, I don't know. So I really thought just, you know, you could tell this was a, lower budget probably um, going on. And so what they did with it, it's all about the characters in this one that really sell this movie or at least pulls you into it. Yeah, I agree. I think that all the really great zombie movies, it's all about the human characters. And we talked a little bit about the walking dead at the beginning and it, it turns out the monsters aren't the zombies. The monsters are the people yeah. that are left behind. And you get a glimpse of that in this um, this movie, and you spelled that out really well, Pat. Jared, hi, low, what the? Well, after 1968's Night of the Living Dead, 1973's Ganja and Hess, 1982's Losing Ground, 1984's Beat Street, which I have seen, and 1986's Vampires. That was it for our boy, Dwayne L. Jones. <laughs> he was in two movies that were released after his death. One of them had archival footage of the previous movie. But that is it. So this is his entire filmography. But uh, Beat Street is really good, by the way. Anyways, what we're talking about? Oh, highs and lows. <laughs> let's keep the uh, let's keep the Dwayne Jones train running here. I saw this movie for the first time in around about two thousand and one ish. Found it on DVD, brought it home, popped it in, watched it. You know, I knew it was famous, and I was like, oh wow, nineteen sixty eight film that features an African American lead, and going back to Steve's point, a strong lead, like. You know, it, it, it had, I don't think it'd been done before. If it had, I'd never heard of it. Like, this is sort of a really big leap forward. Like, up until that moment, 2001, when I saw it, if you said, hey, you know, name some strong, you know, uh, African-American horror movie stars. I'd have been like Tony Todd <laughs> from Candyman, right? <laughs> and uh, Apone from Aliens. Yeah, a Blackula, maybe, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's moments. Uh, so when I popped this in and watched it, I was like, wow, wow. I mean, especially for, like you said, 68. It was a bold move by Romero, and it was a good move. Like, he's very charismatic. And, you know, I, I bring this up on, like, every podcast we do, but I've been teaching leadership for, like, 20 years. And so he's a, he's the strongest leader in the group, and he mainly because he's able to stay relatively calm and think level-headed during this most stressful and confusing of times. Um, keep that uh, as a leadership tip in your back pocket, folks. The best leaders will remain 
uh, level-headed during stressful times and not freak out. So, um, yeah, what a great character. What a great uh, moment in horror films. Uh, just just to break the classic mold and to bring in an African-American lead like that and give him a part like that that is so strong. And I'm going to transition this. I know I'm pulling a pat here, but I'm going to transition this very strong high of Dwayne Jones into just that low because it, all those things I just said, we told you to watch the movies, folks. The way it ends, you're just like, son of a <laughs> like it has yeah. the most depressing ending because you just root for this guy. He's got all this charisma and leadership and you root for him. And then, and then he, he makes a small mistake and the, the, the people that actually kill him also make a mistake. You know, uh, he doesn't do a very good job of identifying himself uh, mm-hmm. as a living person to them. And, they are just completely focused on, you know, if it moves, shoot it. Cause there's a bunch of weird stuff going on around here. And just these two slight errors from both parties, just make it just a terrible ending. But I want to bring that up now. So I didn't have to end on that in round two because it's so <laughs> depressing. Do you think that with all that he just saw through the whole, you know, all that he went through and being sitting there in the basement for however, you know, how many other hours, that he finally broke down and then just, you know, trying to get now once he heard it and just, you know, wasn't thinking or, you know, wasn't sure if the people what was going on, was it people that I you know I, I don't know. That I'm not kind of trying to no prize it for but. him because he doesn't want to make a lot of noise in case there's zombies, he doesn't yeah. want to attract him. But I think if you watch, you know, if he looks out his window and watches him for 20, 30 seconds, he's gonna realize these are not zombies. And then at that point, I think you start making noise. Hey, hey, I'm coming out. I'm not infected. <laughs> I'm yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, that was the mistake he made. And then, of course, again, this is a, they're a group of zombie hunters trying to deal with this craziness. So, I mean, I don't necessarily blame them because I'd be totally on edge too. And if I saw some, something moving around and it wasn't making noise, I'd probably shoot it too. It just makes for a terrible, terribly depressing end. I like that the zombie hunter, the the main guy, He's like, well, I'm, I'm going to be out. I'm going to wear this cool hat. He's got like a pork pie hat on. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have like three cigars or something? Yeah, 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 some it's like he's been waiting some... his whole life for yeah. that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm out in the uh, wild here and we're hunting some wild boar and we're just going to have fun and shooting everything. <laughs> I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll give it up for Romero, though. I mean, you don't forget it. You don't forget that ending. No. No. Oh, no. In fact, when you're doing a second watch or a third watch on this, you know, you're really enjoying it. And then like in that last 10 minutes, it, then it dawns on you like, damn it. <laughs> I, I don't I even want to totally, finish this I, Yeah, I agree with what Jared said. And you, Pat, I think, you know, from his perspective, he's been trying to survive in this in this house. And everybody that's come up to that house at that point has been trying to kill him. So obviously he's a little, to use my word, trepidatious. <laughs> and these fellows that have been out hunting zombies for, you know, days and days, it's of course it's, they're not going to take any chances and you can't blame them either. So it's just terrible and tragic, but you understand it. Could I roll into my, what the, for this one? Mm -hmm. Sure. Go ahead. And I don't mean to jump, jump turns, but you bring up something I wanted to talk about. And that's, how long were these guys hunting? How long were they in the house? Was it just a night? Because when they show the guys hunting, it's like sunny, you know, and, and they're all talking like that. But then it's like, wait a minute, these guys are in the house and it's dark. And whenever they look outside, it's always dark. 
what's going on here? I always thought they went through the night, just like that was. That's what I thought too. Yeah, I thought it was like I a twenty-four hour. Yeah, I had questions about that too, Pat. Uh, they're they're watching TV in the middle of the night, and it looks like it's live news reports. But and the live can, news reports seem to be in broad daylight. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> so it's like, wait, what? What's happening here? And, and they talk about well, the next one's going to be at three a.m. Well, that's ten minutes from now. Yeah, she's like, I'm like, well, is this twenty-four hour night or or what? What's happening? So. Yeah, I think they were in the house for for 24 hours. And, you know, I think we just have to give some liberties just being a low-budget film, and they had to film when they could. So mm-hmm. some of it may not have exactly lined up. But I think the sense of it is is that this zombie hunting party that's been out, they've been out for days. and Because they, they were talking about, yeah, we're going to work our way through here, and then we're going to move into Indiana. And this, I think Indiana is where our hero and, and the group were. So I think we're, we were kind of getting the sense that they'd been at this for a while and we're just coming into, um, into Indiana and the, um, in our protagonist neck of the woods, so to speak at that time. So, okay. Going back to something you said earlier about casting a black actor at this time was something that was, this kind of pioneered it. And it caused a little confrontation between Romero and the studio because at that time, if you cast a black actor in the lead, it was assumed it was a like a a black focused picture. It was, you know, like a black exploitation pick or something. And so they were like, "We don't get it. What this isn't this isn't for a black audience. This is for the whole audience." And Romero said, "I know, but I, you know, I, I." I've seen demonstrations from all these candidates and this guy's the best, you know, so I'm casting him in the film and it, it's like, Oh, you can do that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turns out. And, you and can. What an opportunity to do it too, because it's, it's, it's an apocalypse. It's a, it, you know, in a weird way, it's like independence day. Remember how on independence day, that, that big threat brought everyone together. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I think. That's what we're seeing here. Like, okay, we don't have time for petty racial squabbles anymore. We got a gosh damn zombie apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> now there are two races: the living and the dead. And that's and, it. And I, to to the credit of the filmmakers, too, I, memory serves doesn't come up in discussion in the house. Nope. No nope. one. No one ever. No, nope. because uh, again, I and I think that's kind of good writing too. Because again, all that whatever your pre- prejudices and biases were, that's all back burner when the zombie apocalypse starts. So, uh, you know, not only do they cast him, but it's not even like a oh well, let's make a thing of it. No, he's just another dude trying to survive the apocalypse, and I think that's pretty awesome. And and, just, and, and to go back to what I said earlier, I, what I mentioned, Tony Todd, uh, Blackula, villains. This guy's a hero. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, can't say enough about the land breaking landmark. I try to say landmark and, you know, good stuff here. <laughs> I'll get it all. Together. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> you minus it, Jared. You minus it. Sometimes you got to mind. Let's go back to the top of the order. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to keep this bit going, going a little long uh, and, and, you know, feel free to cut it out. But, uh again, going back to the part, the original script called for the hero to be a kind of tough guy truck driver and when oh gosh i'm sorry i'm blanking on his name the actor um, Dwayne jones Dwayne jones auditioned for the part 
Romero was amazed at how we mentioned he was a stage actor. So how, you know, sophisticated and smart he was and that presence he brought to the screen, it caused him to rewrite that character entirely at, into the one that we saw in the film. So, yeah, so there was a lot of there. There was a lot. I don't want to say controversy because it, I don't think it really went to the level of controversy. It was just new. It was like, oh, my goodness. It just uh, and I think that, well, we've been gushing <laughs> all episode about it. So I, I think it hit a home run there. All right. Let's go back to the top of the water. Let's do one more round. That was fun. Steve, give me a high, lower, or what the? I think there's a lot of great performances in the movie. And I think, you know, some of the some of the other actors are really worth talking about a little bit here. I mean, uh, Barbara is just, uh, she's so annoying through so much of the movie. But that's to her credit, because she's playing somebody that's just, you know, traumatized by this event. And she's shocked. And, you know, she's she's, she's frustrating for Ben to deal with. But you can totally see how, you know, you could be affected by, you know, by what's happening all around you. And um, I thought it was interesting when she's when she she starts to snap out of it and she starts to tell her story to the other people in the house. She relates back to what happened. And I thought it was interesting is that she doesn't really tell it accurately. She you know, she doesn't get you know, but I thought that was a nice touch because I think it just kind of shows that, you know, how. In that situation, you know, maybe you wouldn't be thinking so clearly. Maybe you wouldn't be able to accurately describe what you experienced. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think the one, the part that really got me is when she makes that statement, oh, yes, I'd like to go now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was like a child. Like, she just was like, I'm done. Yeah, I want out of here. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Whatever you said, let's do that. And, oh. and Mr. Cooper, Mr. Cooper was, oh my God, I hated that guy. Oh, I mean, I he, he really played his role to the, to the hilt. I mean, he just, you know, you know, you can see why Ben has just had it with him at the, at, you know, throws down with him. So I, you know, that's good, good, good on that actor. I mean, he really, he nailed that, that really, uh, just, just, uh, just annoying guy. And, yep. and, and, the, and, the Mrs. Cooper with some of her, you know, cutting remarks back to him. I, there's, there's just, there's just a, a, a lot yeah, of great marriage actors, was not in a good place. <laughs> uh, now you bring up a good point about, uh, about Cooper, but I will say at the end of the day, they ended up in that basement, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Hey. Oh, Coop might've been on to something. Oh, was, yeah. <laughs> oh, Pat, what do you got? Give me another high, lower. What the, well, we talked about the characters and that, but what about the filming of it? You know, this is one of those movies where it's not overly gory. They don't have to go into it. It's more of one of those mind scares that they show just enough with the, the filming that they do. And they use a lot of, you know, what we like to, to see around here, a lot of rakish angles of things happening. I really found that interesting and fascinating when watching it i'm like my eye was paying attention to what they were doing and going oh that's interesting you know you didn't have to upfront gore me like movies are doing nowadays with you know with all the scary movies and and all that it's like ah you know i want to be scared in my mind that i don't want to go to bed because i don't want my mind to start wondering after watching this movie if i'm going to be able to sleep at night or not or if i need to go board up the windows or something you know yeah yeah 
It's that dang ending that stays with you. You're just like, you keep thinking about that ending. You're like, why? Well, I will say this though, Pat, that, you know, I think you got to factor in the time. It's not gory and shocking to us now, but in well, 1960, yeah. what was it, 8, 68? Yeah, I suppose. It was really shocking. And I'll go into that a little bit more in my fun facts at the end. I suppose even it was a sh- somewhat shocking. I mean, there was a point where they, you know, where they made it a point, you know, after the truck blew up and, and that to where they kind of did some, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to put our money into something. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to show it right here. But after that, just, you know, the some the thoughts of bunch of people are just things trying to get into your house and just, you know, hands here and there and, you know, the banging, all that stuff. And how smart are these zombies anyway that, you know, once in a while you say, well, I'm going to pick up this rock or I'm going to pick up this thing. I, you know, otherwise, they just kind of bang into yeah. it. They're like a bad video game walking around where, where it glitches and they just, you know, the they just keep walking in one place or something where they hit a wall and they can't get out of that wall or something. But yet they're smart enough to, oh, well, let me try picking up this rock and try hit, hitting something with it. Yeah, they did use tools from time to time, I noticed in there. You bring up a good point. Jared, what do you got? What do you got left in the tank? Well, to continue up Pat's point there, I think it was the fourth, if I'm not mistaken, Romero... A zombie movie as he continues this story land of the dead where a zombie actually figures out how to use a gun so that kind of changes <laughs> changes oh, wow. the game a little bit too like they're learning which is kind of fascinating but uh speaking of fascinating tor- tori stelling let me try it again storytelling <laughs> i'm a podcaster fascinating storytelling speaking of fascinating storytelling i really just like the stripped down simplicity of this that that george and john it was john russo was his writing partner did i mean it's it like pat said it's really character piece it's it's just let's put all these different personalities into this high stress situation like steve said earlier you know what elevates ben and dwayne johnson's performance is the really good performances of the people around him you know it, it you know to have mr cooper to bounce him off of you know, as I said before, don't know if I mentioned this. I teach leadership classes. Uh, you got Ben, who's really good at it, he's the natural gift for it, and Mr. Cooper, who doesn't, but yet he's been put in a leadership role because he's a father and a husband trying to protect his family. And in the leadership world, uh, be it corporate or military, doesn't matter. Like I said, in those stressful situations, you find out who's real and talented at leadership and who's just. Let's call it coopering it up. Let's make that a term. <laughs> when you see somebody who just can't handle pressure and stress, but they're doing their best because they're in a leadership position, that's what he's doing. I almost feel bad for Cooper because he's just doing what he thinks he can do. Uh, he's, that's his limited skill set. Yeah, um, he's just trying to protect his family. Yeah, it doesn't help that he's kind of a turd on top of it, you know. But again, if you meet Mr. Cooper in his office when there's no apocalypse, he might be the nicest dude you've ever met. You just, it's weird how these things affect people. And then, so you got all these great characters around him in the stressful situation in a small setting, which is great when you got a limited budget. And then, I don't know if it was George or John's idea, but they put that little ticking time bomb in the basement with that little girl. They're like, guess what? There's a time bomb in the basement. And oh man, it's just it, it it's just a perfect and simple storytelling. I almost and, wonder, like, if I was watching it in 1968, I think my reaction might be different than it is now. Cause I looked at it 
you know, because I've seen a million zombie movies. I'm like, that's a ticking time bomb in the basement. We know that's going to go off, right? But did they know that then? Yeah, right. This, this I don't know. A, Romero and, and Russo are defining the genre because up until this movie, zombies had been like in like White Zombie or those little Belly Lugosi ones, zombie movies from the 40s. It's really more like um, voodoo and sort of a blank slate person. It's not so much the creepy, crawly, flesh-eating mob. This is all invented right here in 68 in this film. Like, if and if there's some films not out there, so technically it was this is the one that everybody watched and everybody learned from. This redefined. This informs everything that we talked about. This informs Sergeant Rock and the Army of the Dead. This informs Walking Dead. This informs Resident Evil, you know, in the video game series. It informs all of it. And this is the Rosetta Stone of it. And I think that's that's cool. Now, I don't think I'm stealing any fun facts, too, because I've, I've just went gushing about the storytelling, how it's impacted on today. But what's kind of funny, too, is, is this is, again, written by Romero and, and John Russo. And they all both wanted to cash in on the success of this thing, right? And Romero obviously did. He got a franchise. And he's kind of the one we remember. John Russo wrote some, had some books written, had some movies made. Like, he's the guy who wrote Return of the Living Dead, the other really good 80s movie. Like, that's a John Russo. <laughs> So, so like he basically they both started doing sequels, but without each other. So it's like these, and then those sequels branch off into different movies. So this giant tree of zombie movies that kind of splits with Russo and and Romero, and just keeps going and flourishing. It's the gift that keeps on giving. This movie is so. I just think it's kind of neat that there's just so much springs from this one. And I want to save that bundle of positivity for round two and not end it on the negative answer about how this movie ends. And I was going to ask that. What other movies, I mean, you hear like Night of or Dawn of the and, yeah. and different. What What is the... Night of, Dawn of, Day of, Land of. I'm going through the Romeros. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. And I think he did one more, a fifth one that I haven't seen. But that's the Romero train. And then again, Russo's train is a little weird. Of- What's that? Afternoon of. Afternoon of. <laughs> Tea time of the, you know. And then the Russo train is a little more complicated because, again, I think he did a couple of books. I think he wrote, like, Return of the Living Dead book, which became the Return of the Living Dead movie, which in itself got, like, two sequels. So it gets a little even more watered down when you go down the Russo path. But but that is the, the Romero path, Pat, is night, dawn, day, land. Okay, because I don't think I've seen any of those. Neither of you know, been remade in color. Uh, Day of the Dead was remade, or was it Dawn? Now you got me questioning. The one with the shopping mall, that one got remade um, mm-hmm. in like the early 2000s. Zack Snyder actually directed it of the DC Universe fame. Oh, wow. okay. And it's it's pretty good. It's got Ving Rhames, and it's, it's good. Anyway, let me stop talking. I, I've done a lot of research in these <laughs> <laughs> No, keep going. Take it away. <laughs> Oh, man, these are all great points. We could go on all night about this movie. Does anybody have any burning items left before I move on? Because I've got like a bazillion fun facts to go through I'll, here, fellas. So I'll just say up. I'll just say one quick thing as I go through. The, I talked about the characters, the film. I want to talk about the sound. Okay. This as well, too, because yeah, interesting. the sound and the music, you know, even just in the beginning, you got that kind of haunting music as the car is driving and, and, and the sound used again to if you don't got a good budget, if you can manipulate the mind with the sound and the film, you got something going there to, you know, it's like reading the comic. You're filling in the spaces in between the the panels, right? 
Copious and, uses of cricket noise. There's a lot of cricket <laughs> noise. There is a lot of cricket noise, yes. <laughs> so I just want to say, you know, hats off to them, too, on the sound. So, man, what they did with this thing on probably a low budget, but well, well done. To your point, Pat, when you use those cricket noises, which cost you nothing, what does that make you think of? But yeah, it's you're a, outside yep. alone in the dark. That's the noise you hear. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're tapping into. Personally, it got on my nerves after about 15 minutes. <laughs> Maybe it was supposed to. <laughs> I'll tell you the sound that I remember was the sound of the fire as it was burning those two in the cab. I thought, oh. oh. <laughs> that was, and that I, and was I couldn't help me. but think that probably smells delicious. <laughs> fun fact that I didn't include in these fun facts coming up. What the actors were eating, the zombie actors, it was ham covered with chocolate, and they said it was disgusting. <laughs> no, still, no big uh, chocolate ham market out there. Nope. <laughs> but we might. No, somebody ate it. Said, "Oh, we are on to something here." Candy chocolate ham. ham is a good nickname. We may have to talk to Delvin. Delvin, you got another nickname while you're out. Oh man. Okay, that's enough. I'm going into fun facts. All right, Pat. You were talking about. Uh, how it didn't rely on shock, but this movie was such a shock to moviegoers because they were used to horror films like Creature from the Black Lagoon. So parents brought their kids to see the movie, and uh, there was some really upset parents and kids that were crying and traumatized during the film. I don't know why that made me laugh, but probably because I'm a disturbed individual. But the uh, And then the rating system came out like, maybe two months after that they're like yeah you we can't have this happen again but even though folks were upset about it this is one of the most profitable indie films of all time it cost a hundred and fourteen thousand dollars to make and it grossed over 30 million which if you put it uh in 2022 dollars that would be about 250 million 255 wow. million 260 million. <laughs> She's looking right now at inflation. Number. Inflation. Get get it. Yeah. Yes. Real time. Uh, and then uh, Carl Hardman, who played Harry Cooper, the not so nice guy in the movie. Well, he was also the film's makeup artist, electronic sound effect engineer, and he was the photographer who took all of the pictures for the end credit scenes. And I think the little girl is his actual daughter. Oh, I must have missed that. I didn't I see that's that. True. But, I reserve okay. the right to be wrong, but for some reason, it's stuck in my head. And interestingly, I included this because um, we just did horror film face-off, an action film face-off special. Please listen if you don't. Uh, Romero originally wanted Tom Savini to be the makeup artist on the film, uh, but Tom was serving a tour of duty in Vietnam at the Respect. Respect. And finally, Jared alluded to it, but let's talk about copyright. Yes! <laughs> The original title of the film was Night of the Flesh Eaters. But then the production company discovered that there was already a movie called Flesh Eaters, so they changed it to Night of the Living Dead. Unfortunately, what they failed to notice was that the copyright was on the original title, and when they replaced that piece of it with Night of the Living Dead, they didn't replace the copyright. Hence, the movie immediately entered public domain, and they lost out on untold millions of dollars. This is why you can find DVD copies of this by every DVD publisher out there. It's because, like Jason said, it immediately went out of copyright. So 
when it back in the VHS days, it was all everybody was had their version of this on VHS or D. But the good news is because it was so prolific, I'm just jumping all over here, uh, <laughs> that you still get quality copies because there was everybody was, you know, at, when everybody has a copy, then you can kind of pick and choose between what copies are you like or clean and all that sound. So you still get decent copies. That is true. However, I did discover that there was about like eight to 10 minutes of additional footage that was edited out for the movie theater. And then unfortunately there was like a fire or something with that piece of it. Hmm. And so they, they've lost that eight to 10 minutes. Probably Cooper's uh, fault. Yeah. Cooper's like, we should store it in the basement. And there's a fire in the basement. <laughs> Hide it behind the gas cans. <laughs> Put it behind the furnace. <laughs> Just leave them in that pickup truck. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Nothing will happen to that pickup truck. Or maybe stuff it in that couch or whatever, or that chair. It'll be fine. All right. Well, we're going to rate this film now on a scale of one to five zombie brains. Five zombie brains means you loved it. Four means it was very good. Three brains means it's good. Two brains means it's just okay. And one brain means you did not like it. I don't think we're going to get any one brains around here this time around, but yeah, let's find out. We'll start with Steve. Steve, how many brains are you going to give this movie? I am giving this one all the brains, all the brains, all five. That's nice. Holy cow. We're well, we're starting out strong. Okay, Pat, are you going to keep that five alive or are we going to go a little bit lower? I'm just going to go a tad bit lower. Um, A very, High, strong, like I'm on the top floor of the house. You <laughs> know, like to be. yeah, and I'm and I'm throwing you're the throwing out more fire, cocktails you know, like, yeah. on fire, and I want to just throw it and tell everybody, hey, you know, I think it's very good. If if it could be great, you know, at that point, I would go to because I'm not really a guy that likes a lot of scary movies anymore or, or that. So this kept my attention now fair enough still respectable score so we've got a four we got a five jared where are you landing uh, while i ponder this i want to ask pat a follow-up question because i know how he likes to add extra things what do you think pat this or alligator people oh you see ooh. they're to- they're different in tone so it's a hard choice <laughs> yeah mm, I-, I would say this one definitely for for what they did with it yeah um, that's fair that's i fair. think just the the overall film filmography or, or, or i don't know however you want to say it just the way it was shot the way it was shot and the <laughs> actors just it, it all came together very good oh, okay, over okay. alligator people but hey, i still like me some alligator people no i just wanted to check because it's like i think you gave them both fours and it's like yeah. they're very different and you don't you know you're not being a horror movie so it's anyways jason answer your question i'm gonna join pat on four island i i i'm with him though like on that if are you helping me on the second and, floor yeah the second floor i'm, I'm helping him throw the only reason I don't go full five is because that ending just eats at my soul. And maybe that's part of the brilliance of the movie. But man, I wanted to see at least, I want to see at least Ben make it or at least Ben sacrifice himself. So um, somebody made, like Barbara made like it. Barbara or would make yeah. it. Like Barbara would make it. At least thought. let him die a glorious death instead of just a needless one. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I'm still going to give it five. I think this is a near perfect movie especially for the money that they spent oh yeah you that in <laughs> they stretched every penny 
they had great actors as we saw all the actors pretty much were doing other stuff in addition to acting in this film so there's just a lot of passion behind it and like you jared i hated the ending but i love how they did it because what it said at the end was like hey thanks for coming along the ride this dude still died such is life I was like, what? Like what? The end of Under Majesty's Secret Service. Like, what? <laughs> what? No. You know, again, you know, I think we kind of covered covered it during our discussion. There are a lot of things that make me uncomfortable. There's a lot of things that make me angry throughout this movie. The way that Cooper tries to to close Ben out of the house uh, at that one point. Oh man, like I understood when Ben started giving him the tail whooping he deserved, you know. But at the same time, you understand it, mm-hmm. and you're like, mm, <laughs> "Yeah, I kind of get where you're coming from, dude." And you, you know, so it, it's one of those movies that just kind of makes you think while it just mm-hmm. brings you from scene to scene. And there was just not a dull move moment in the film not a moment where i i pulled away and i've seen this film before you know i think i saw it with your bratty kids though jared and i couldn't pay attention the last time <laughs> i'm kidding i love my nephews but yeah so that's a long-winded way of me saying five for me well that was the fun part now it's time for our special shout outs to our crusaders club members and these are the fine folks that have joined our crusade one of whom is with us tonight They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting on show programming, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Angelica Wolf. Albert Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Ezra Gallo. Gary V. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Jason Keen. And welcoming Jason Lady. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Musical genius, Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Kathy Bright. I think she's the MVP, right? She, she is. is. Mark Ross. You might know him as Cluck Trent. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey 67. Spreadsheet. Our main man, the man of the hour. Thanks for signing up and doing this with us. It's Steve Cronin. Timmy. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So, if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. Still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So, you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? And it's simple. You just head over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club unless you're Jason... Wait, what? Who messed with this script? (laughs) Gosh darn it. 
All right. For the rest of you who aren't me, come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch laying around, but still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? Well, you could do that by taking a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short and just do the star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. And if you're stuck in the 80s, you could call us and leave a voicemail that we might just play on the show. Leave us a message at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Gentlemen, pick up the phone. Zombies are standing by. (laughs) Nice. All right, and for tonight, we're going to do shares, retweets, and comments from 1945's House of Fear, Sherlock Holmes, that we recorded on January 15th, 2022. We got shares of retweets from Professor Frenzy, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, and the Dame Deborah Smith. Thank you for sharing and retweeting. And we also got some comments. So, Jared, you want to take one and Pat take one or... Sure, I got it. Our old friend Kathy Bright, the MVP, said, I just finished the five orange pips. She talked about the short story by Sherlock Holmes a couple weeks ago, so this is good timing. For those of you who remember all the way back to when that episode came out, was episode 60, our last movie episode, <laughs> way back in January 15th of 2022, that one, as Jason said, we covered the House of Fear, which was based on the Conan Doyle story, the five orange pips. So, like Kathy said, it was good timing back in January. <laughs> cool. And I'll take one from unpacking the power of the power pack because the power pack can't stop. They can't, I don't even think the power pack can't even stop. Well, they can't stop. Uh, they should be able to stop a zombie apocalypse. I would Hard, to say. Hard, Hard to say. Hard to say. We'll have to find out. Maybe, you know, let us know in the comments if the power pack can uh, really oh, stop it. I think it. that Jeff... Or I think Rick has killed Jeff enough times that <laughs> Jeff might be. <laughs> that is true. Man. That is true. That is definitely true. But, uh, and they say that uh, recorded this in October. Surprise, like exclamation mark. Nice. And it's it's just just a good example of, yeah, we did probably, re- I remember recording that one in October of 2021, but it didn't get released until January because uh, we really do record things way ahead of time. And uh, with Crusade Miss, I'd probably push this one just ahead. Yep, yep. But yeah. Yeah. And they filmed it in 1945, so it's been waiting a long time to make this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, you can check us out on the Longbox Crusade. Pat, send them those deets. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all of the podcatchers out there. If it's not, just let us know. Otherwise, we you can find us also at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. You can also call us on the voicemail line. That's 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the brains. (laughs) Nice. All right. And if you want to hear us on our track through uh, all the James Bond films, and we do James Bond films and James Bond adjacent like Man from Uncle, you can check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? I'm going to go get Chris. He wanted to do this one. Chris. 
Oh, it's time. Okay. I was in a zombie movie once. It's called A View to a Kill. I starred with the reanimated corpse of Roger Moore. <laughs> I was below the belt. He's a sweet guy. Anyways. Oh, yeah. We're talking about a secret <laughs> podcast. Yes. Yes, Chris. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Secret podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Motion Podcasts. And you go to com. It's a Twitter at OHMS Pod. Thanks for having me, fellas. That guy comes and goes. He comes and goes as he pleases. I really miss Sean. <laughs> I mean, he was Sean had those, his problems, but he, he did have problems. Chris, you never know. <laughs> Just never know. All right. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat. Kick us off. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared? I wasn't ready. <laughs> hey. You can find me at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my wares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. <coughs> I think I'm coming down some dot com. I haven't turned yet, fellas. I haven't turned. But I will turn it over to Jason. Well, you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. I do want to thank Steve for being here. And just as a reminder, this is one of the many benefits you get as a Crusaders Club member. We put out the call on the Patreon page, on our Crusaders Club page over there on Patreon. Steve answered the call. So, I mean, for a buck a month, you yeah. could end up on a show if it's something you really want to talk about like Steve did. So, Steve, thanks for making this. I know this is a late night for you, and I really appreciate you coming by to share your passion. Hey, you're welcome. And thank you all for inviting me in. I I, I really have had a blast talking with you guys. And, uh you know, like I said, glad to visit the clubhouse and check things out there. And, uh, hey, all you other supporters out there, if you ever get a chance to visit the clubhouse and talk with the, talk with the LBC crew, take them up on it. Make sure you do it. Well, thank you, Steve. And like Jared said, thanks for being a great sport. We had a blast, man. <laughs> Fun talking about a great movie. Hey, tell, the new guy, tell the new guy to stay out of the basement. That, mother, that son of a Bippy down there. <laughs> Don't go down there, new guy. I'll see you guys in six months. <sighs> well, thanks everybody that's listening for putting up with us. We'll see you next episode where we're going to return to 1955's Adventures of Robin Hood TV series. And our next episode will feature episode two, The Money Lender. And the meetup location is Sherwood Forest. You can meet up with me, Jason, Pat. And chocolate ham. Chocolate ham. <laughs> mm. Over roasted uh, over a forest fire like that? Or like mm, open yeah. pit fire? Mm. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Everybody's pants, pants are off. Pants off. Scripts up. Scripts up, pants down. down. Okay. No time to mess around. Let's podcast. Whoop, whoop. Judity? (laughs) Who who wrote this? (laughs) I think I did. It might be Judity. Hang on. Let me look. You did the names, but I'm pretty sure it was Judy. (laughs) I thought it was funny. I think her, she went by Judy in the movie. That was her real name, but I'll double check before I record the line here. I see where I got confused. It's Judith. (laughs) 
just put an H instead of a Y. <laughs> nope, missed it. Try again. There we go. Nope, still wrong. This is pretty much, this is a pretty good representation of my life in general. All right, I'm going to end this recording in three, two, one.